0: Why don't we welcome Phil up, uh, he's going to share with us from God's Word this morning. Why don't we pray for him as he comes. Jesus, we thank you for Phil and we thank you for your Word. Um, and we thank you for the Word that you've put on his heart. And Jesus, would you bless him uh, as he leads us this morning. And Holy Spirit, would you come uh, and speak to Phil's heart and speak to us uh, as he leads us, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Um, hey, who's excited about launching a new evening service? Uh, it's going through the book of Ephesians. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that. I think it's good. I think there's something that we've been feeling for a long time, just that we want to create uh, spaces in our week where we can take time together to go deeper in scripture. And we've done a few different things in the past and we just thought actually this 6 p.m. slot is a great opportunity for us. And I'd love to, love to challenge you, to encourage you, uh, you know, maybe to say I- I'm going to commit to coming into this Thing for uh, for this term, you know, for maybe like, for October and November, maybe, and then we will see, and because you know, that's I'm going to study Ephesians. We're going to come and do that together, you know, and 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 then maybe who knows what we're going to do in the new year? It's going to be uh, even better. Uh, you might want to commit to that too. But I think there's an opportunity for us to go deeper into God's Word uh, together, uh, and it's really important that we carve out these times to do that. So I'm really excited that Michael's going to be uh, leading the charge as we do that. Uh, but over the next uh, couple of weeks, so starting last week, this week, and next. Next week we're diving into Colossians, which is another incredible letter that we find in the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul to the early church. And, um, uh, and last week we picked up on the middle of chapter one, just thinking about Paul's uh, prayer for the church. And, and I guess the invitation for us to receive uh, that prayer uh, and also to pray that prayer for one another. Uh, a prayer that we might have the wisdom to walk worthy uh, of Jesus uh, a prayer that we might have the strength to sustain uh, and a prayer that we might know gratitude for grace because ultimately it's not about us it's not about us being wise and us being strong but it's about Jesus in us enabling us to do all things and so we always start with thankfulness who's thankful for Jesus today uh, can we just say thank you to the worship team as well what an amazing time uh, of worship thank you so much guys uh Isn't it just incredible that we get to stand shoulder to shoulder, week after week, and just sing out the praise of Jesus in this place? And uh, and I was really inspired as Anna shared with us, you know, just that sense. This is something we're joining in with hundreds and hundreds of years of praise, 350 years of praise uh, that has gone on in this place when this church was first planted back in. 1658 or whenever it was, uh, just incredible. What an amazing thing that we get to join in with that. You know, this is not just about us here in this moment. But this is about us joining in with what God has been doing here uh, for so many years. And that's a little bit of what I want us to talk about uh, today, because I want us to think a little bit about who we are and our identity. And we often remind ourselves of this in September. And we've got a few different things that we, that we talk about that have kind of slipped into our vernacular here at St. Paul Shadwell over the years to help us uh, remember who we are and think about our vision uh, together. Uh, so this is a bit of a reminder for those of you that have been here for, for a little while and for those of you that have uh, kind of landed here more recently, you know, hopefully this is helpful just to understand something of, of, of who we are and what it is that we want to see and do and join in with. Uh, and the first thing that we often talk about is our context uh, and our character, uh, which is really informed by our place. Uh, and we've got these two little words that we keep talking about, landing and launching, landing and launching, and, and we're in this amazing place here on the highway uh, and on the river, this incredibly sort of dynamic site. You know, there's a, there's a transitory nature to, to where we are and to who we are. We reflect that. People come to St. Paul's Shabwell, they land on these shores, and then they launch into the new, the exciting, the unexpected. You know, God takes us on his adventure, uh, and this really is a harbour of hope, you know I believe that that is the character of God in this place, and that 's what we 're called to as a people. We talk lots about that if you 've been here for, for much time at all, you will know those words landing and launching, landing and launching they are part. Of the character of this place, we also sometimes talk about uh, five values that begin with a P, uh, and, uh, and the first one of those is presence. The real value for us, presence. You know, we believe in the presence of God. Everything uh, that happens here, we want it to be saturated with the presence of God. But also our presence. You know, there's a big challenge um, that if if you don't turn up, you're not here. It's, that's a really profound thing. Okay. <laughs> If you don't turn up, you're not here, and we're robbed from, uh, of your presence. You know, if this is about us doing stuff together, and so it's about turning up, being present with and for one another in the presence of God. Presence is a big value for us. Participation is a big value. We all get involved here. You know, this is an every member, minister, uh, every member in ministry kind of church, an all-hands-on-deck uh, kind of ship. We all want to get involved. You know, we don't go to church We are the church, you know. So participation, presence, participation, parties—that's my favourite value. Parties, you know. God said, "He said, rejoice," and again. He said, rejoice. You know, we are called to be a people who party. And we love to have parties. We love to have fun. We love to drink coffee. We love to invite our community to come and celebrate with us. We want to be a joyful people because we have a joyful God. uh, And we are are caught up uh, in this joyful thing called the body of Christ. And what a a pleasure it is to be here. Uh, So parties, that's a big one. Let's not forget that one. Presence, uh, participation, parties, uh, partnership. You know, everything we do, we want to do it together. We want to do it with others. Partnership, unity, togetherness. This is a big value for us. Uh, and the fifth one is planting. Uh, we'll, we'll keep talking more about that, but planting. We want to give it all away you know, we want to sow generously, we want to see things grow. You know, sometimes we talk about this character of landing and launching, sometimes we talk about these, these, val- these sort of values that kind of define who we are, uh, but under it all, there's a, there's a vision statement that we've been talking about now for, I don't know, 20-odd years in this church, way before I was here, uh, and it's a real simple vision statement that says we want to make disciples, transform communities, and plant churches. It's really simple. Three pillars of our vision. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and tell them, make disciples, transform communities, and plant churches. Just say it. Say it out to someone. Make disciples, transform communities, and plant churches. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that I love about this church um, one of the things that I love about St. Paul Shadwell is that, uh, is, is that this vision isn't just something we get to talk about, it's something we get to see happening before our eyes, and it's something that we all get to hold on I love the fact that. In this church, we all know this. We know that this is our vision. This is our mission that we're caught up and called into to, to make disciples, transform communities, and plant churches. And so I just, I just want to just sort of recap a little bit on that. And we're going to look at some stuff in second chapter of Colossians and just think very quickly today uh, about this vision uh, that we have. And, and just as a reminder, before we read some scripture, you know, this is an amazing uh, book, I think, for us to study. So Colossae was, uh, was a church we heard last week in... Um, uh, it was a church plant uh, out, of, uh, out of Ephesus, the church in Ephesus, uh, and Colossae was, was a little place in, in Asia Minor in, in modern-day Turkey. It was a place of great industry. Uh, it was a place of landing and launching where people came and went and trade happened. It was a dynamic and diverse city full of different cultural influences, languages, religions. There was a lot of wealth. There was a lot of poverty uh, it's an awful lot like the East End today, uh, and I think it's a place that we can really relate to, a place of landing and launching. It was a church plant, but it was also a plant that planted churches, and we read about this guy, uh, Epaphras, who we heard about in the first Uh, chapter of Colossians who we think was probably the church planter sent from the church in Ephesus that Paul planted and then uh, at the beginning of chapter two uh, we actually also hear about a church called uh, in a place called Laodicea which was uh, which was another church plant that came out from there so we begin to get this picture here of the ancient church moving across Asia Minor that was planting and giving birth to these new moves of God uh, and it excites me uh, because I think, gosh, that's what we're called into today uh, together. Uh, so this is a wonderful uh, thing for us to look at. And, and I'd love to start by just reading together like we did, uh, like we did last time. Um, we're going to start from uh, verse 6. So chapter 2 in Colossians, beginning at verse 6, uh, going on to verse uh, 19. It's going to come up on the screen. So why don't we just all read this together? And not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision that was made without hands, by putting off the body of flesh, by the circumcision of Christ." having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your faith, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us, with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or without regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments and grows with a growth that is from God." Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, just this brief moment that we get to, uh, to dwell on it together. And we pray, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you encourage us, challenge, shape us, and send us out uh, a little bit more like Jesus today uh, than we came in? Praise you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, isn't it good to read scripture together? What an, what an amazing passage of scripture. Let me encourage you. Uh, that was from the ESV version, by the way, uh, which I've, I'm told reliably stands for the extremely sound version. Uh, so uh, we're in the ESV, and um, let me encourage you to be reading Colossians. Uh, I hope you, you read a bit of chapter one uh, last week. Read, get in, get stuck into chapter two uh, this week. You know, One of the things I love about Colossians is that you can read the whole thing uh, in, in a sitting, but it really is uh, an incredibly rich piece of scripture for us uh, to, to chew on. And, um, and as I said, I, I want to use this just as a lens for us to come back to and be reminded of our vision to make disciples, transform communities, and plant churches. Uh, and I want to f- help us to, just to focus on that, beginning with, with that passage in verse 7, where it, Paul kind of prays for the church again and uh, that they might be rooted and built up. In him, in Jesus, established in the faith, rooted in Jesus. And I was, just, I was just caught up by that word, to be rooted. What is it for us to be, to be rooted in, in Jesus? Uh, and Paul goes on uh, by kind of looking at the flip side, saying, see to it that no one takes you captive by a philosophy or an empty deceit according to human tradition. You know, let's not be distracted by the things of this world, but be rooted in the things of God. And when we talk about making disciples, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about all of us and those we love and those we meet becoming rooted in the things of God. So I'm going to give you three R's today. And my first R is rooted. We want to be rooted. We want to be a church that is firmly rooted. Those of you that know me might know that um, I, I, I like wine. Uh, I really enjoy wine, I, and, and the thing I mostly know about wine is drinking wine, but, the, um, but I love wine, and, and I would love to be one of those people that actually understands the science of wine, but I'm just not, I'm just not that cultured, really. But I do know that when you talk to winemakers, and I have met a few winemakers in my time, uh, they're really interested in the kinds of grapes that they use and that they grow, because that's important, that, that, that core fruit that they're using to make this drink. But in addition to... In addition to the grape variety, you know, a winemaker is incredibly, uh, pays incredible attention to the soil that the wine, uh, that the grapes are grown in. Uh, and this is an important thing for us to understand. You know, you, you, could get, you can get diff- uh, 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 the same variety of grape in a different soil, and it will take on different flavors and different characteristics. You know, the, th- the things that we are rooted in will change the character and the flavor of our life and I want us to grab a hold of that today and ask ourselves the question what is it that we're rooted in you know or to put it another way what is it that is flavoring your life what is it that is altering the characteristics of your life you know, this is why being rooted in the right stuff is so so important you know, one of the things that we looked at a couple of years ago was the idea of discipleship, uh, and the word disciple having two eyes. You know, we said there are two eyes in disciple, uh, and that's intimacy and imitation. Intimacy and imitation, uh, and kind of, that's how being a disciple works. First, we find intimacy with Jesus. We need to spend time with him and in him. We need to put our roots down in God. Spend time drawing nutrition, uh, drawing sustenance from his word, from just time spent with him, from quiet, from silence, from community, from worship, from prayer, from gathering like this. You know, these are the ways that we draw close to Jesus, find intimacy with him. And then that intimacy leads to imitation. It's only when we are with Jesus that we can become like Jesus. And the more that we are with him, the more we will become like him. You know, We need to get our roots down into Jesus. Make disciples. This is the first thing that we want to do here at St. Paul Shabwell. And and I'm really excited, again, in in that posture, to be thinking about what Michael's going to be bringing uh, to us and helping shape and relaunch that evening service as a place where we can go really deep into God's Word together and actually carve out a bit more time than we would normally have uh, to really study God's Word. Because actually making disciples always begins with being disciples. If we want others to become rooted in Jesus, we must first be rooted in him ourselves. You know, we have these amazing programs like Alpha. Uh, you know, we love to, to, to go out and meet people in our gym and, and do other things that we are doing around the community. And, uh, but you know what? The, the, the best missional tool, the best evangelistic tool to make disciples is to be one. Is to be one. The more you are like Jesus, the more other people will see Jesus and they will want to be like him too. It's as simple as that. You know, we can't just put a program in place of our personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, we got some great programs though, you know, and we love running that stuff and we love doing these things together uh, and actually together being able to have great conversations on alpha and things like that. But ultimately we need to be people who are rooted in Christ. Rooted. That's how we make disciples. And my prayer for you is that you and those you love and those you meet might become rooted. In him. Rooted. Make disciples. Transform communities. What are are we talking about when we're talking about transformation? Well, let me just read verse 11 and 12 again. Uh, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith. In the power of working, in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. You know, Paul gives us two um, remarkable pictures of transformation here in these verses. The first one is that of circumcision. I'm not going to go into this one too much uh, this morning. Uh, suffice to say, circumcision is a radical transformation. It has a big impact on those who are circumcised. They are different afterwards. And in the in the ancient times, they used to. Uh, there, there was lots of health benefits from this, but this was a sign of covenant as well. It was something that you would do. It, it was kind of like, I mean, it was a, a like a handshake, but a whole other level. You know, it's a whole other level of handshake. Um, but it was about saying yes, saying I'm, I've, I've got skin in the game. Uh, that's what it's saying, okay, there was this circumcision, this is what it was, and, and it's transformational, uh, and of course the other illustration, and a much better one for us this morning, is that of baptism, you know, when we talk about transformation, we're talking about becoming different, and baptism talks about a death to life transformation, and what an amazing thing that we've just been able to see to baptisms this morning, to join in with that, uh, this is about transformation, it's about being completely different. And my favourite illustration uh, of baptism, uh, interestingly, I didn't realise this until I looked it up again uh, while I was preparing for this talk. But it comes from Asia Minor in the second century as well. And there was a uh, there was a guy um, called um, uh, Nicander, a guy called Nicander, an ancient ancient Greek poet and physician, uh, and he has this amazing recipe for making pickles. And in this recipe for making pickles, he uses two different words. And uh, the first of those words is a word uh, where you take the vegetable and you dip, you dip it in water. This is part of the recipe for making pickles. You dip into water. And then the next part of the recipe, you take that cleaned and washed vegetable and you baptize it in vinegar. Radical transformation. That onion, never the same again. Now, fortunately, no vinegar was involved this morning. Um, But you get the point. You know, baptism is is an indication of radical never the same again transformation. It is death to life transformation. And so when we talk about transformation, that's what we're talking about. You know, we're not talking about a little change. We're not talking about something that can slip back. We are talking about never the same again transformation. Raised to life transformation. We want to be rooted. We also want to be raised transformed we want to go deeper with christ and then we want the spirit to take us higher and higher and higher our lives will never be the same again and whilst we want to see that in ourselves and experience that for us that's what we want to see throughout our communities as well we want to see our communities raised from death to life and again you know this isn't just about us running some nice central programs some kind of justice ministry here as a church that we can all kind of you know just contribute into I mean we do do that and we've got some great programs here and you guys are amazing at doing that stuff but when we're really talking about community transformation we're talking about every single one of us going out and making a difference in the communities that we are in, that God calls us to, whether that's at our workstation, whether that's when we're down the pub with our mates, whether we're on the school gates, whether we're we're talking to an elderly parent. You know, wherever we find ourselves, as people who are rooted and raised, as people who are transformed, we become the transformation agents. God does that through us. You know, similarly, the best way... To make disciples is to be a disciple. The best way to transform society is to be transformed ourselves. And every place we go, we get to take that transformation and we get to see God at work in and through us. We want to make disciples. We want to transform communities. And I pray for you, for those that you love and those that you meet, that you might be raised you might be raised to new life in him. Rooted and raised. And finally, just to just to think a little on what it is when we say we want to plant churches. This third, and I think quite unique uh, kind of pillar of our vision. I think it's an amazing thing that as a church we have held on to this for so many years that you know, we want to plant churches. I mean, that's a dynamic statement as a church, that we want to be an Ephesus that plants a a Colossae, that plants a Laodicea. We want to be a, a church that gets this stuff happening, that gives away, that blesses others, that sees the church across East London and beyond grow and flourish. I love that. Colossians 2, starting at verse 18, Paul says, Let no one disqualify you. And we'll just hold on that for a moment. You know, when we think about being proactive in this way, when we think about being a people that are generous and give away and see amazing things happen, it's important to start by this reminder from God don't, let no one disqualify you. You know, God has called you, each one of you, to be a part of this. Let no one disqualify you. And Paul goes on hold fast to the head. From whom the whole body is nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments and grows with a growth that is from God. I love that. I love that. You know, we're not interested in kind of standalone growth. We want to be a place of interconnected growth. Of churches that plant churches that plant churches that remain friends and bless one another and care for one another and go on partnering together, shoulder to shoulder, for the sake of God's kingdom. Interconnected growth. Ephesus, Colossae, Laodicea, St. Paul Shabwell, St. Peter's Bethnal Green, All Hallows Bow, Christchurch Spitalfields, All Saints Poplar. You know, this is our story. This is our story of interconnected growth. You know, the picture here of godly growth, uh, of godly planting, is kind of not that of the sycamore tree where the seeds kind of helicopter away. Who knows where they go? Who knows where they plant? And who knows what grows? I mean, I think that's great growth too. (laughs) But I think the picture here that we're being challenged with this morning is that of a healthy body. You know, or perhaps that of the vine that we go back to at the beginning. We're called to grow together, to nourish one another, to remain, to be connected, to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to flow through these new shoots of growth so that we might go on building a united kingdom of God. That's what we're called to. You know, and corporately, St. Paul Shadwell, you know, our vision uh, is to plant churches, and again, I love that this isn't just a vision we talk about, but this is something that we get to see over and over and over. And we've talked a bit last week about just this, this last remarkable season where we've had the most incredible opportunities to give away and to bless others in a, in a way that I've never really experienced before, the kind of prolific nature of what the Holy Spirit seems to be doing at the moment uh, in and across East London and, uh, and through all of you um, But this isn't just our corporate vision, actually this is something for each one of us to take away into our everyday lives and again into the context that God places you and God moves you. Again, is this at your workstation or down the pub or in the park or at the school gates or when you're talking to an elderly parent or listening in your lecture, wherever you might be, wherever God has placed you, my challenge to you is how is your life of faith being reproduced, rooted, raised, reproduced. You know, we are all called to be fertile in God's kingdom, that we might give birth to new moves of God's Holy Spirit. I mean, gosh, that might sound like a really grand thing. You know, you are called to give birth to a new move of the Holy Spirit around you, every one of you. Each one of us, that's what our call is. And let me me remind you at the beginning of that verse 18, it said, let no one disqualify you. You know, you are called to give birth to a new move of the Holy Spirit around you, wherever God has called you and placed you in this season. That is a remarkable calling for which you are qualified. So I pray. For you, for those that you love and those that you meet that you would reproduce that Jesus Christ might abound around you make disciples, transform communities, plant churches that's what we're called to do why don't we stand together Heavenly Father I thank you uh, that you are here I thank you that you're on the move. Lord, I thank you for the incredible uh, encouragement that we find in your word. Lord, thank you for this model of interconnected church growth that we see here in Paul's ministry. Uh, Lord, thank you for the churches of Ephesus and Colossae and Laodicea. Lord, thank you that that's what you were doing in their generation. And Lord, we thank you for what you are doing in our generation today. Lord, we thank you for the churches that are being planted anew, for the move that is moving afresh here in East London. And Lord, we just pray again that you would uh, use us, you would use us, that Lord, you would root us, in you, that you would raise us to new life in you, and that by your grace we might reproduce your life all around us. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the band are going to lead us as we continue to worship, and then we're going to share Holy Communion together.